Because so far, Halloween's a bigger letdown than being a Mets fan. Opening day, and here's the first pitch, and the season's over. It's the Night Fly with me, Dave Juskow, May 12th edition, Lisa Weinberg birthday edition. Lisa Weinberg is a childhood friend of mine who got married and changed her name to Lisa Bromowitz. <laughs> That's one of those, why bothers? Am I right? Sarah Silverman's sister did the same thing, even ironically, the same last name, Susan Silverman Abramowitz. These Abramowitzes seem to be uh, real troublemakers, and clearly... Seem to like the girls with the biggest boobies. What's that all about? Hey now. Anyway, beautiful day, New York City. If you like snow and 32 degree temperatures. A true depiction that the world may actually be falling apart. But we get through it all because we're awesome and we have each other. So let's start the podcast. Episode 271. Starting right now. Right, taping on a Saturday afternoon. It's uh, bright and sunny outside. It's just freezing for some God knows reason. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just uh, dropping on uh, May twelfth, Tuesday. The podcast. That's what that's what the kids are calling it. Taking some coffee. I just burned myself with some coffee before. I just can't seem to. I put some in the micro. I made two. You know what? That's boring. I'm not starting off the podcast with telling you how I make my coffee. I know how my coffee is. I like my coffee. What I don't understand is why there's two N-words in my garage. See, I can't understand how a director could put the... Why would he... I can't imagine writing something like that and everybody being okay with that. Oh, he said the N-word a hundred times. Let's give him an Oscar. I'll make it fun of Quentin Tarantino in case you didn't know. All right. I'm feeling uh, better. But still not that great. Still a little dizziness. It could be perhaps because last yesterday I went out in a very rainy, cold day again, which I probably just should be resting. I guess I don't know. I don't know what I have. I don't know what's going on. And I took this brand new thing called a Revel bike. It's a motor scooter, which is now in Manhattan and Brooklyn and Queens. And so it's a moped, and I couldn't be more excited to try it, and I did yesterday. I went out, and I said, screw this. I'm going to give this uh, I, I I can't wait to try it. I signed up for the program. Shut up. That's going to happen a lot because I have uh, Facebook open, and um. I'll tell you why. Maybe we should just get to that first so I can close Facebook so we're not going to have any of this nonsense and pop-ups, right? Uh, why don't we do that first so I can just get rid of this so there's not going to be any uh, stupid noise. Apparently, uh, everybody's texting at this time or, or, or sending a 
Facebook at this time. I don't usually have Facebook open on the computer, but the reason I have it open, let's just get to it, is uh, last night my uh, nephew, Billy, uh, was on this show for where he lives, and they're doing a charity event, and they had 40 – oh, you know what? Hold on. Had to put on my airplane mode. We don't want any trouble. Am I saying right? Look at the distractions already. So many distractions already. Anyway, they had 40 kids, you know, kids 18 and under singing, 40 different single kid, you know, one, one at a time singing a song or a show tune or whatever they're singing for a charity event. And uh, they were just trying to raise $1,500. And I said, because these two women were talking at the beginning that were so dull and boring and bringing these two people on, it was going like Billy, thank God Billy was first. But while they were talking, I said to my system, like, would you mind if I just pledged my $1,500 and just told them to stop this immediately? And she goes, yeah, I don't care. Because normally, I guess she didn't think I'd do it. But normally she's like, you can't do that. You don't have the money to do that. But it would have kind of been worth it. Can we just put a stop to that? I mean, I, I this is when, this is the, the motivation to want to make some money. So that someday I can just say, listen, I'll, I'll give your organization $10,000 if you just stop this right now. And they'll be like, but the kids will be disappointed. They've been prepared. I, listen, I'll give you $20,000 if you just shut up right now and put a stop to this. I cannot watch this. Just put my nephew on and then that'll be that. And quite frankly, if that has to go, then that too. But thank God Billy was good. Even uh, I sent it to Sarah Silverman. She even said he was good. And she didn't have to. Um, so yeah, this is the first of all the the girl on uh, the girl who's on the right. This girl Samantha, she's hot. Uh, she's so cool. She runs her own like studio, and she also bartends at like my sister's parties. She's ridiculously hot, and she's like nice. And the girl on the left, who, whoever puts this together, she couldn't have been more delightful. I mean, with the kids, you know, the kids that are horrible. And she's like, boy, that was wonderful. You know, such and such. That was great. I mean, you gotta hand it to her. Some of these kids were horrible. Yeah, here they are just talking. Hi, hi. With a GoFundMe account, and that impact is really going to help our community. Um, the two main goals, again, are to raise money to provide meals for the families. Boring. You know, you're just waiting for your kids to come out. You need these idiots and these two old geezers. Sorry I mean, it's just that. no fun. Um, we're just going to shut uh, up. What we're going to do is we're going to take that money and buy gift cards. Hold on. My favorite movie. Thank so much for joining us, guys. We'll see you later. Oh, Stay thank tuned. God. This was like uh, remember to post 13 minutes in. Thank God Billy was first. You're with 13 Monday. minutes in. I'm just waiting for these idiots to shut up. Let's just get to the kids. These are kids. Nobody wants to see your nonsense. Just get to the show. Bye. Uh, these now, Zoom things are here. We go. Sam, I think it's time to get to some music. Yeah. Let's yeah. go for it. <laughs> so, everybody, give a really big welcome. We're going to kick this show off with a standard. Everybody knows it. And it's from 17 year old Billy. Take it away, Billy. Go, Billy, go. He looks good. Right. Hey. He's, he's getting his music ready. That's good preparation. <laughs> you gotta see his face. Oh, the shark babe has such teeth, dear. And he shows them curly white. Just a jackknife has old Maggie, babe. 
and he keeps it out of sight. I mean, it looks good. He's smiling through the whole thing. He's making like, you know, uh, you know, faces and stuff, and he's doing bits, which is better than the other kids. But you know, it's horrible with the music. I mean, it's not bad, but it's not good either. So there's never, never a trace of red. This is the Zoom world we live in now. Sunny morning. Lies a body just losing life. And all the parents are running like, he's amazing. This is the greatest performance I've ever seen. I mean, it's really good. I mean, I was proud of it. I mean, thank God he did good, you know. I mean, because wait till you hear some of the other kids. Yeah, I'm going to make fun of children. I really don't give a shit. There's a tugboat down by the river, don't you know? Yeah, you go, Billy. Where a cement bank just a drooping on down. Oh, that cement is just, it's there for the way, dear. Five will get you ten no Mackies back in town. Don't you hear about Louis Miller? Uh, he disappeared, babe, after Trump. Let's go to the other kids. She's this girl. Okay. Oh. And, oh, okay. So next we have a song from a show that was just on Broadway this <laughs> season. Um, it's a show. A, well, here, I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring the singer on and she's going to tell you what the it's singer. from. Hold on a she's second. 10. Here we go. Everybody welcome Sophia. Hi. Hi. She's horrible. Sophia, what's the, the show, the, the song that you're singing? What's the show that it's from? Um, I'm singing a song called My Grand Plan from the Lightning Thief musical, which is based off of the Percy Jackson books. Yes. Good Did you choice. Get to see it when it was on Broadway? It's only right. on Broadway. She's horrible. And do, do I go too so far? much oh, love. Right there. Oh, here it is. And plus, her parents didn't have good internet service, so. I've always been a smart girl. Always made the grade. Always got the gold star. I've always been a smart girl. Well, that sounds okay. Girl only gets a girl so far. You win at. Maybe it's somebody else. And someday soon, I swear. Oh, yeah, she wasn't that bad. There's a bunch of kids that their parents need to tell them that they're uh, horrible. Anyway, so. Hit this one. This one from Beetlejuice, too. I feel like the parents are responsible for this kind of stuff. Like uh, they should either tell them that, uh, you know, you're a horrible singer or, or have better acoustics, you know, practice beforehand and, and get it right and get the lighting right. This is what I've been talking about nonstop. Why would you want to let your kid look ridiculous in front of the uh, the planet? Oh my! <laughs> She's fourteen. We can make fun of her, right? But I the only reason I was watching this is because I was waiting for uh, uh, another friend of Billy's who's really who I've known you know since she was a little girl. I've seen her in all the plays, and she's really pretty. And she did a really good job. And she did a Bruno Mars song, and she did a good job. So I was waiting. You know, you be, you got to be polite. And then, 
I know her parents. Everything. Look at this true treasures untold. Oh, God, can you imagine? I have to sit through this, but at least I, I mean, I was, I wasn't, I didn't have to sit through it. I could have turned off, but I couldn't because I had to wait for the sixth person. Oh, here's that lady. That was so beautiful, and your acting was on point. Like, isn't this woman great? I'm just loving it. I felt like I was. I felt like I was watching ABC. Like I was watching the Disney sing along. I just was singing along with this you. woman. Is a genius. She might be the Good greatest. Job, Marissa. Whatever she is of all time, she should. To? She should be a host. I go to Sable Middle School. All right. All right. Here, this Take is it away, girl. She's Thank doing you. Bruno Mars. What's it called? Gren- grenade, I think. Easy come, easy go. That's just how you live. Oh, take, take, take it all. But you never give. She's 18. Shouldn't know you was trouble from the first kiss. Had your eyes wide open. Why were they open? I gave you all I had and you tossed so she's good. it in Thank the God. trash. At least the two people I was going to see were okay. You know, I don't have to lie. Because, you know, I would have told them the truth. She looks good. Her lighting is good. The quality is good. And she's sitting and singing this. That's what I'm amazed of. Most of the kids are standing, which is I could not sing, sit and sing. I jump in front of a train for you. You know, I do. Or the parents just wrote, this is heat. Oh, I would go through all this pain. Yeah, see, she did good. Let's get out of Facebook. I don't know. Was that worth it? I don't know. Most of the kids were just absolutely horrible. I mean, just horrible. And uh, this is the kind of shit you got to sit through now on Zoom. Uh, just really poor quality stuff. And it's not fair in this day and age. And I'll tell you something. I kind of want to write to the NFL. They just did their, they released their 2020 schedule with a big festive 8 p.m. NFL Network three-hour show releasing the 2020 possible schedule, I guess, because nobody knows what's going to happen. And it was the worst quality of the host, Rich Eisen. He's at his house. They don't have money to set him up with high-quality sound, at least. Or he couldn't practice and say, and somebody from the NFL didn't say, listen, your sound is horrible. We either got to get somebody in there or you have to reorganize or you got to get a better place because you stink. I had to turn it off right away because it was so unwatchable on television. I understand that everybody's going through a good time, but you're talking about the NFL. They have nothing but money. They could provide, they knew about this. It's not like it was unplanned. Like, hey, why don't we put on a show? I mean, this thing, they're like, let's put on a show. All right, so you get it. They're all kids. They're just middle-class kids. They're all doing their thing. But the NFL couldn't afford a better microphone for Rich Eisen? It really bothers me because they have so much money. And, you know, you just want it to look quality, even in this time, even on Zoom. It's expected. So that really, really pissed me off. Speaking of the uh, NFL schedule, and we're just bouncing around, I guess, until we get to where we got to go. Um, they So they announced the schedule. Now, the, now the announcing of the schedule is my favorite thing in the whole world. Because, you know, for years when it was a normal year, you know, I would just sit and look at this schedule for like an hour. You know, I totally got excited because we knew when the Giants tailgates were or even the Jets back in the day. So I always look at the Giants first because that's my tailgating schedule, right? And you know I like the 1 o'clock games. So they released the schedule. Now, of course, 
Nobody knows if they're going to play the schedule. Nobody knows if they're going to have fans in the stadium. But me and my tailgating buddies have already decided we're doing it at this garage in like Maplewood, New Jersey or something. That's where we're going to tailgate, you know, somebody's house. And the bummer is that the Giants open the season at the Meadowlands on Monday, September 14th on Monday Night Football. Now, normally, I don't like the Monday and Thursday Night Footballs. I won't go to those tailgates. However, the first Monday night is two games. So this is a 7-15 game on September 14th when it would be it would have been beautiful to get there at 3 o'clock and by the time we go in, it'd still be daylight. That is an outstanding tailgate. That would have been perfect, but I don't think it's going to happen. Meanwhile, it'll still be fun to be in somebody's garage at that time because they have a late night game. They have like a 1030 game that same night on the first Monday to compensate for the last Monday where they don't have a Monday Night Football, so they get their 17 games in. And then, uh, you know, the next game would be at 1 o'clock. And September 27th, that's beautiful. You want those early 1 o'clock games in September, that is the key. And then they have one in October, and then one in November. It's perfect. It's probably better. Once a month, it's beautiful. That is a perfect schedule for me. However, the Giants are not going to win a game. That is my prediction. Look who they got to play this year. Both the Giants and the Jets have to play. the. I thought I got rid of Facebook. I, I, what is What is going on? You know I got, oh, it's on my other, okay. I did. No, I did get rid of it. I don't know why stuff is coming up. I'm sorry, folks. That's horrible. I thought if I closed Facebook, it would be over. Okay, I remedied it. Now, we, you know how we don't like to be disturbed. My God, that's I put my phone on the airplane mode. Are you kidding me? The one time I go to Facebook on this computer, I got to get these notifications. Are you kidding? And the one time all these jerk-offs, go, like nobody ever notifies me on Facebook or anything. The one time these bunch of jerk-offs from college are all texting each other at this time. Come on. What's going on here? There must be some big news. Anyway, uh, so the Giants got the worst. Got the Giants and the Jets have played the NFC West, right? So they got, so they're playing, so they're going to lose every game. They're playing the Steelers the first day. They'll probably use, lose because it's Ben Roethlisberger. He's back, right? Then they got the Bears. Uh, they might win that game, but they're going to lose to the 49ers. They're going to lose to the Rams. They're probably going to lose to the Cowboys. They might lose to the Redskins. Well, they'll probably split with the Redskins. They'll probably lose the Red- These are the, in a row. They're definitely going to lose to the Eagles. They're going to lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady. Then they got the Redskins and the Eagles again. That schedule is brutal then the Bengals, and then saw the question whether that number one quarterback would be good i think he's going to be the shit so i think they'll lose to the Bengals. then they got to play the seahawks and the ravens and then the cowboys again they're doomed they're not going to win a game i love this kind of shit you know and then the jets that's even worse they're really doomed. Now, I've decided that the people they got to play, the Bills, the Patriots now without Tom Brady, and the Dolphins, they play twice a season. I think they can make a split of all that. But then they got to play the 49ers, the 49ers who were in the Super Bowl last year, and the Chiefs who won the Super Bowl last year, the Colts now with Phillip Rivers, uh, the, the, the Patriots again, right, the Raiders, the Seahawks, the Rams, and the Patriots again. The Jets are also doomed, but not as much as the Giants. This is going to be, if the season actually happens at all, all New York teams are doomed. Thank you. The Jets maybe have a chance. The Giants are nowhere. Which, of course, I'm always rooting for because I prefer 1 o'clock games. And if you stink, you get a lot of 1 o'clock games. So beautiful. That is, oh, that is beautiful. 
Anyway, let me go back to my original story. Yes. Uh, let me, oh, that's what I, oh, God, that's what I wanted. I, so I look at my notes sometimes. I, uh, what I really wanted, the Chiefs, on the, the opening kickoff day, which was a Thursday, like September or something or other, uh, the Chiefs play, the Super Bowl champs usually play at home, uh, and they take on whoever, and they can only pick out the people they're supposed to play. You know, it goes in a cycle. Uh, that's the way it works. You always know who they're going to play every year. You just don't know what time and where. So uh, this so this year they have a bunch of candidates. But the candidates, I mean, I just think opening the season with the Chiefs playing the Jets on Thursday Night Football would have just made everyone happy because it would have been a laugh fest, hilarious. The, the Jets, because there's nothing better than disappointed Jets fans because – if the Jets somehow miraculously won, everyone would be talking about it. I mean, everyone, even if you hate sports. And otherwise, it would be this big blowout, which it's just funny to put the Jets in that position. I think that matchup makes everybody happy. They're playing the Houston Texans, which to me are the most boring team in the NFL. So who cares? Uh, the Chiefs are already favored by 10.5 points. I'm not betting anymore, but if I did, um, I hope all sports, as I said, never comes back again. So I'm rooting on that. I just read in the paper today that Shaquille O'Neal says, please, folks, cancel the NBA season. Are you guys stupid? This is ridiculous. He's so right. It's already May. The season ends technically, you know, it would end in like a month. What's the point of trying to push it? I know everybody's trying to squeeze money out of people like us who work for a living, but you guys can suck it. And take the hit for a year. And I'm sorry the NBA players are only getting half their salaries. Oh, no. Half of $15 million? What are we going to do? You know, if we stopped all sports, if we stopped all sports, and, you know, we weren't paying these athletes and all this stuff, and, and the fans weren't paying for stupid stuff like building a $2 billion stadium, we could actually solve world hunger and probably have already gotten a virus ready because we'd have so much money and all the americans uh you know at least in here would be able to have unemployment that we wouldn't have to worry we can get the checks we can get the bailouts all because there's no more sports and all that money would just go into the economy and we would solve everything hey now and we know that's never going to happen. Now, of course, I'm just saying that selfishly because I don't want to gamble anymore. But quite frankly, it's been really nice without sports, you know. So I'd prefer if it doesn't come back. However, you saw how excited I got about football. So that's the only one. That's the only sport there should be. I would be really good if that was the only sport. I don't care for the other ones. Ugh. Just stop. Meanwhile, uh, speaking of sports, uh, I hope you've been watching The Last Dance. I know I've been talking about it every week because it's so fantastic. I look forward to it every week. It's so great. I hope you've been taking my recommendation and watching this because the people that I've told about it, you know, just so giddily, um, even, you know, women or, or, or people that don't like sports have all called me and said, oh, my God, this is amazing. So it makes me feel good that, you know, I'm, that I had a feeling everyone who even doesn't like sports would like it. The Last Dance ESPN, it's really terrific. It's one of the, again, the best documentaries I've ever seen uh, in the fact that they have all this footage, all this unseen footage and everything. It just 
really uh, is terrific. And you know what the best part about it is that I've noticed is that they just allowed cursing. There's no bleeps. They say the F word. They say whatever this thing. And they don't go crazy over, you know, it's just it's the guys talking the way people talk. And that sometimes makes it just as good. There's nothing is chopped out. They kept in everything. And that is how you make a good documentary. So again, recommending that. Now, let me just go back. I'm whizzing through this stuff because I want to go back to my first story about the Revel moped. So I'm dying to take this thing out. A moped? I mean, I've been wanting a moped. I wouldn't want any, a Vespa my entire life. That's all I've ever wanted. Sometimes when I go to Vegas, I'm like, can I rent one of those? And I go to LA. Can I actually just have one of those instead of a car? That's what I want to ride. I just think it is the coolest thing uh, I probably couldn't handle a motorcycle, but a Vespa is perfect for me. But this is just a moped. So I'll take that for starters. It goes up to 25 miles an hour. And what a great way to get around the city. I know the bicycling is pretty good. But sometimes when I'm not in the mood to cycle, you know, I'll have to take a cab. But if I had these mopeds, I wouldn't have to. You know, I can just I can just go, um, you know, with no effort. So I gave one a try. So I saw that there was a bunch of them. There's nothing in my, there's been one parked in my, right outside my building for like three days uh, now that I saw what it was. So I went to the, um, I've been nervous. I wanted to do it late at night, you know, again, but I've been afraid to go out because every, the last two times I went out when I was feeling better, when my head was feeling better, my body was feeling better, I've kind of made myself sick. Um, so I've been afraid to go out again and, you know, go for a bike ride or anything. Cause every time I feel okay, it, something happens, but it's been cold and wet and everything. But so I've been trying to go at night, but I got nervous cause the bikes are about 10 blocks away. It seems, I don't know why they're not my neighbor, but they're about 10 blocks away. And so then yesterday I went and it was cold and rainy and I'm like, I'm going to go out today cause nobody will be riding. I don't want people to see me putting everything together for, I think it's snowing. <laughs> oh, my God. That's insane. It, ugh. I mean, I know I said it was, but I, I thought I was making it up. But I'm not. It is May 9th, and it's snowing. What are we, in Colorado? <laughs> How are you? Wow. That's sick. Okay. Anyway, yesterday, so I figure if I'm in the rain or whatever, you know, nobody, I don't want people to watch me put on, you got to get the helmet out of the thing. Now that's of course another thing, like how is everybody okay just putting on somebody's leftover helmet, you know? So I had my like devil's cap on, so I had it over that, but still it's like, it's full of coronavirus, but I'm like, screw it. I want to do it anyway. So first I got to figure out, you know, I know I'm going to struggle with that and you got to figure out how to turn it on. And there's all these things. I don't want people to see me. So nobody's really watching. I found this like small area where there was a bike left over and I just put it together, and then I start riding it. It looks like it says it's got like – when I get on, it says it's only got 15% battery left. And I'm like, I don't understand because I was reading the thing wrong. So then I know I don't, I can't go where I wanted to go. You know, I just want to go down to the village, ride around a little bit, but I couldn't. So I'm like, you know what? That's all right. We'll just take like a little test run going to my neighborhood, ride around the block a little bit just to see how it works. And let me, And it's so much fun, but it, it sucks because it's not a bike. You got to kind of – abide by the traffic rules so i had to keep stopping at like red lights and stuff which you know you don't really have to do on a bike it was getting a little annoying you just wanted to let it go but it was still super fun even though it was raining and i could you know i was wearing a mask so you can't put the visor on because it keeps fogging up so i had to like 
and the visor doesn't lift up, but I had to like kind of lift up my helmet a little so I could see because the visor just keeps getting fogged up. Well, that that can't be good. I mean, I probably shouldn't have been riding in the rain, but, you know, it happens. So anyway, I was having a really good time, and I'm down to about 3% on the bike, and I'm like, all right, now let me start looking for a parking space. I know I'm going to park by my house since that bike is there. Maybe I'll just park it right next to it. Well, there's no room next to that bike, so I go down the street a little bit more, but I don't see any. I see a parking space, and I could probably park there, but then a car pulls in. So then I go around. I see another parking space. I'm like, well, I'll come back to that one. Maybe that's good enough. You know, you just it's just a motorcycle. So you're not taking a full car space. But then I go up the block, like by the Queensboro Bridge, and like take you know take another look. Well, maybe I can park here. Maybe I can park there. I was just trying to look for somewhere that it looks like it'll be okay. I, I don't know because I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm not starting to panic. I know I'm going to be able to do it, even though I have probably 2% left now. So I finally find this space over by the river, and I back it in, and I don't know what I'm – it's going all over the place. And then I found out later you're supposed to press this button, and it allows you to park a little easier. And I get out. I don't even know how to stop it. I'm trying to stop it. I'm pressing the start button 100 times. I don't know how to stop it. And then I finally look at the app, and they're like, you have to stop it with the app. That's how you start it, too, with the app. So I get the app out there like, oh, put your helmet away first. And I'm like, oh, because that was I was totally going to put the helmet away later. They're like, put the helmet away first. Put the helmet away. I start. I stop the thing, and they say, you're not parked in the registered area. And I'm like, well, what the hell does that mean? I, I'm just part, you know, wh- what's the registered area? And then I look at the map. I don't see where they're saying there's a registered area. The map is just a map of the city, but there's no, there's nothing in like red or green or anything where it says you can park. It's not, it's not obvious. So now I start to panic because I know I've got 2% left of the bike. And I'm like, okay, the only thing I can do is go back up where I left it. I'm going to assume that these like white images on the thing are maybe where you can park it. And obviously, where I picked it up, I could probably leave it. But that's 10 blocks away, and I'm on 2%. So now I got to take out the helmet again, strap it in, which took me about 20 minutes, and then get on the bike again and zoom up 10 blocks. I'm th- you know, now it's like I'm starting to panic. I'm getting a headache again. I'm like, this is a nightmare. The, the thing's going to run out. I don't know where I'm going to park it. I can't just leave this hanging around. I don't understand why there's a a bike next to my house that has been there for three days and it doesn't show up on the thing. So I zip up town and I'm like, but I'm panicked. You know, there's cars are stopping. I'm like, come on. And there's 1% left. And I finally get to about 64th Street. I'm like, you know what? I I saw there was a bike parked here. I'll just take a chance here because I was like, where where am I going to? I don't know where I'm going to go. I, I just don't know where to go. And then there was this like little area. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to try right here because you have to park in a legal place too. You can't park by a fire hydrant. You got to make sure the part, you know, the parking, the, uh, the alternate side street of the parking is good. You know, it has to be good for 24 hours or you're responsible for it. So I'm really starting to panic. I, I back in the thing and I press end and I'm like praying, come on, this has got to work. And it worked. And then I looked at the map and I'm like, I bet you I'm on the, very edge of the right area it must be like that i don't know why i don't know what the story with that is but boy was i you know like 
Because then, you know what you got to do? I got to take off the helmet. I got to try to put it back in the case and close it because that takes another helmet in there. And that took like a while. And, you know, by that time, if I then I have to check and see if it'll think because if it wasn't good enough, I'd have to take the helmet back, put it on, bring it somewhere else. But thank God, thank God, the second place, it just ended and I was able to walk. And then I was walking home. I'm like, oh, my God. That was an ordeal that I just wasn't ready for today, you know, and it's like raining and I'm like, good, who cares? I'm just so glad I'm over that. I'm like kind of soaking, but I'm like really happy that it's like over. And then I walk to my house. I see that stupid bike parked right in front of my house. I go upstairs and I call these guys and I go, what the fuck is with that map? That map is unclear. They're like. Oh, yeah, we've been getting a lot of complaints about that. I'm like, well, I, I, I don't understand. She goes, yeah, if you zoom out, you'll see the gray. I'm like, so why would I zoom out? It doesn't make it. I, uh, I I had to call them and say, plus, there was a bike in front of my house. What the hell is that bike doing there? Why, didn't, why wouldn't I have thought that this was a place you could park it? It was a mess. But the lady was really nice. She goes, well, you know, it's just been a little. We're trying to expand. But during this pandemic, I'm like, pandemic? What pandemic? And she's like. Oh, well, there's a crowd. I'm just kidding you. And she's like, oh, ooh, you got me. You know? <laughs> uh, at least I made her laugh a little bit because, uh, you know, that's my favorite thing to do. Pandemic. Um, what? What virus? Uh, oh, boy. I couldn't. I was just so glad that I uh, called them, too. That also satisfied me. And the whole thing, I guess I ran run around like uh, 30 minutes. cost like 12 bucks. Totally worth it. And I can't wait to do it again. But. Now that I know that I, you know, have to park in certain places, fine, but it's not going to work for me coming back from the cellar if that ever opens again to my house because I got to park it 10 blocks away, but I'll probably do it anyway because it's super fun, especially in the summertime and late at night when there's no cars. But what an ordeal. What a dramatic airport. Oh, yes. Um. Anyway, I'm not feeling that good again. I was feeling good the last two days, but I got a little headache again. I wonder if it's from being out in the rain, dummy. I'm an idiot. Now, tomorrow, I'm going to try. Tomorrow's Mother's Day. It's not That's not the point, but it's supposed to be nice. I'm going to try and take the car out and go somewhere. I mean, I was going to wait and do the podcast and let you know. how. Now, it's sunny. This is crazy weather. Um, and speaking of football again, the only time I want football to happen again, I forgot to play this, is um, if it happens like this. Did you hear that? Should I play it again for you? It's Danny Bonaducci saying, far out, strip football. That's from this classic uh, 70s, 80s movie called Hots, which um, technically uh, could stand for many things, but mostly it could be, uh, it was called uh, Help Out the Seals. But it's also hands off these suckers and hold on to sex. It's also these four girls that weren't able to be in a sorority. They made their own sorority, and it's actually out of their names, you know, uh, Honey, O'Hara, Terry, and Samantha. I don't know if you remember the movie from 1979, but it was like a almost like a softcore porn, but it wasn't. Uh, it, it was just a, you know, like a PG, maybe it was R, I don't know. Uh, what was it? I don't know. But, it, it you know, 
if in 1980, it, it's uh, the girls are wearing like little shorts and socks, and they're pretty much dressed like Hooters girls. And a lot of people think that's where Hooters got the idea for Hooters from. And they play a strip football game that Danny Bonaducci is announcing for some reason. And we always, my friend Lawrence and I always would say, because it was like when we first got cable, it was on, you know? All right, strip football. And when I started announcing the roller derby, that is what I had in mind the entire time that I was Danny Bonaducci and going to be like, all right, strip football. <laughs> but those girls would not have understood that in, oh my God. That would have been the end of that. Boy, they take it pretty seriously and, you know, all that, uh, you know, sexism stuff pretty seriously too. So there's no way I could do it. I just had to giggle to myself and know that uh, I was the Danny Bonaducci character from Hot. So it was kind of exciting. And they were all like Playboy Playmates that were in the movie. It was uh, it was kind of brilliant and also horrible. Strip football. Why wouldn't that um, – they could never make that movie today, you know, unless it's on, like, Cinemax or something. But ugh. but there's actors that you know in it and stuff, too. It's just so – I just can't even believe it. But I just wanted to say, all right, strip football. <laughs> Why do you think I was trying to go to the lingerie bowl? Hello. It's all from that movie, Hot. You know, you're, when your boyhood dreams come true, you know, what are you supposed to do? Do you know what I'm saying? And speaking of – uh, boyhood dreams or uh, or hots or strip football. Here's what happened to me this week. Uh, around Tuesday at 7 o'clock. I remember exactly when it happened because I was on a, a, a Zoom chat with some college boys. I started getting bombarded by texts and phone calls from numbers I did not recognize. And I'm like, and it, they're all like, hey, hey, baby, what's up? Hey, you're gorgeous. Uh, how much for anal? And I'm like, oh, no, I've been hacked. This is horrible. I don't know what's going on. All of a sudden, it just started at 7 o'clock. I didn't get off the call early because it was driving me insane, and I couldn't take it. Uh, I tried to call Verizon. I blocked all the numbers I could, but they were coming in too fast and furious, and I couldn't report or block all of them. And I reported all these numbers, too, but after 10, I just got, I couldn't take it anymore. At this point, there's probably been 100. Yeah, probably 100. And they're coming in at all hours of the night. So I finally got a text that gave some form of explanation. And the explanation was, uh, it, it, the guy said, oh, I saw your picture on this site and I was able to go to the site and find this girl, Tessa. It is an escort service where the phone number is one digit off for my cell phone number. So then all was explained. I was on the phone with Elon when I checked it out. And I'm like, oh, my God, this makes so much sense. Of course, on the flip side, you're saying to yourself, a hundred dudes called the wrong number. If you were indeed calling an escort service, especially if you were married or something, and I've never called an escort service, you know, I'd tell you the truth if I did. Uh, the first thing I would do, especially if I was married or something, you're assuming some of these guys must be married, is double and triple check that I had the right number before I dialed or left a message. 
I can't believe a hundred people got the number wrong. It is exactly like that Seinfeld episode where Kramer's number is one off from the movie phone. And believe me, I was going to start answering, but I just didn't want to get involved. And uh, all I could keep thinking was um, this scene from Notting Hill. You didn't know she had a boyfriend? No. No. Why, did you? Oh, bloody hell, I don't believe it. My whole life ruined because I don't read Hello magazine. And let's face facts. This was always a no-win situation. Anna's a goddess. You know what happens to mortals who get involved with the gods. Buggered, is it? Every time. But don't despair. I think I have the solution to your problems. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Her name is Tessa, and she works in the contracts department. Uh, the hair, I admit, is unfashionably frizzy. But she's bright as a button and kisses like a nymphomaniac on death row. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's all i can say her name is tessa and uh she works in the accounting department i um ironically uh i saw a picture of her and she she kind of looks like the girl that plays tessa in notting hill i was it's, he, uh, i'm sure she doesn't talk like this though i mean this tessa was crazy <laughs> let's just let's just go for it all no try hi oh, hi willie Oh, you're a naughty boy. Let's get slop. Hi. Max has told me everything about you. Has he? Well, yes. You are a naughty boy. Wine? <laughs> oh, yes, please. Come on, Willie. Let's get sloshed. <laughs> Red or- Classic. Um, anyway, so I called Tessa. I said, what the hell? You know, I'm going to give her a call. I'm going to be like, hello, Tessa. Uh, my name is Dave. I... Uh, it looks like your number is a one digit off from mine. So, um, you know, if you'd like me to forward some of these um, uh, fellas that are calling you, uh, far be it for me to, uh, you know, allow you to lose business during these trying times. Uh, so, you know, uh, give me a call or text me and I can uh, I, I can hand over the uh, uh, the information if, if so be it. So uh, I'm sure you have my number. I, I didn't want to repeat it again and I'll talk to you later. But she never called. I just thought it would be kind of fun if she... Uh, you know, contacted me. So then yesterday I was thinking, should I just give her a call and ask her to be on the podcast? I mean, now that, now that's a show. Wouldn't that be interesting? Now that's a show. Sure, you can have, you know, a nurse on who's like, you know, doing a great job here in the city during this time, or you can have Rachel's having a baby. But I mean, what other shows are going to give you an escort during these times and seeing what she's going through? I mean, this is, and let me tell you something, Jesus, I mean, if she had a bunch of jerk-offs that couldn't get one digit right, and that's 100 people, think about the 100 or 200 or 300 that did get it right. She's somewhere in Jersey, and, I mean, I guess she's making a fortune during this time. I don't know what makes it different than other times, but maybe there is something to it. So how about that? Escort service. Should have thought of it myself. My friend Joe has been telling me to do that for the longest time. You know, with like old ladies and stuff. Kind of a brilliant plan. It's not the worst idea. Uh, oh, so also, um, you know, I'm so angry at my accountants. I don't know whether you guys put in um, your tax forms yet or anything, but I'm so disappointed with my accountants now. My accountants handle all the comics, so, 
you know, I like being with them. I like everybody in the office. And I used to like this guy I was working with, but since last year when he really messed up, this guy has been such a jerk off. So I, I wrote them a letter and I said, I'm leaving. And Memo had a guy for me. So I called him up and I said, I got to go with somebody else. This is a nightmare. The guy still has, I mean, I've given them all my information. And he still hasn't filed the tax. This is ridiculous. So they're like, well, the head guy wants to talk to you. And I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. Because it doesn't matter because I'm out. There's nothing he can say that'll change my mind. And he called me, and I've known him for like 20 years, maybe even longer. And we had a nice talk, and he told me he'd put me in touch with somebody else at his office instead of this guy, and that this uh, pay period, this um, the, they wouldn't charge me this year. So, yeah, I got to go back with him. You know, I mean, yeah, you got to kind of take that. That's pretty good. They're like, I'm like, you don't have to do that. And they're like, no, no, it's a show good faith. I'm like, well, then I insist you charge me double next year. He's like, all right. I'm like, no, no, no. That was was just a a joke. But yeah, I mean, I wanted to stay with them because, you know, they know all my friends and everything. But uh, this guy sucks. But, you know, what are you going to do? I'm going to go back because they're not going to charge me. So I had to write this other guy. I was like, oh, thanks a lot. But you understand they're not going to charge me. So sure you see where I'm coming from. (laughs) Meanwhile, uh, that was on, I don't know, Wednesday. And they still haven't sent me anything. Uh, the, the same people, you know, and it's like the same thing again. So I don't know what the hell's going on. It's really annoying. Uh, but I, uh, I guess it doesn't matter. But I'd like to, you know, I, I'd like to get that stimulus check, which I will get once I file my return since I made nothing this year. Well, up until May, which brings me to, hello, my year anniversary of getting fired. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I don't want to talk about that. We'll talk about it later. Oh, also, I'll tell you everything that happened. Tuesday, I had my appointment with the neurologist, um, a video appointment. First of all, it was an appointment. And, you know, I really, that's why I was complaining about the kids with the Zoom. I try and prepare for Zoom calls a half hour in advance. Make sure my lighting is good. Make sure my audio is good. I can't make sure the audio is good. There's nothing I can do. I can't tell what other people are hearing. But I bought one of those ring lights because I was looking so either pale or just horrible. So I finally got the ring light. I tried it yesterday. It's still shitty. I'm still not getting the quality. I don't know whether it's my computer. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what other people are seeing. It's driving me crazy. But I always prepare a half hour in advance. So I got these messages. I set it up. Then I didn't realize it was on Zoom. They want you to download some other app. And I'm like, this wasn't clear because they say start your thing. They're like, oh, you're going to need to restart your computer. This is the stuff they should tell you in advance. And now keep my doctor rating. It's new. But he was very nice. And they were emailing. And I'm like, oh, man, this. They're like, oh, if he wants to do Zoom, we could do Zoom. So he's very nice. Thank God we were able to do Zoom. That, of course, stressed me out. So, of course, I had, you know, headaches and dizziness. And he was very nice. We didn't, he didn't recognize me because we weren't wearing our masks. Uh, but the first thing he asked me, he goes, Jessica, what is that, Polish? And I'm like, you know, I don't. I think so. I think it used to be something else like Yaskovich or something. And he's like, oh, so how was your Seder? And I'm like, what? Uh, good. Yeah, he was immediately. And then when he uh, he got mad at me or something, he put his head down and I saw he was wearing a yarmulke. So that apparently information was very important to him. Now, normally I get upset with that kind of talk, you know, but, you know, if I'm bonding and he's not charging me, then I'm like, you know, what the hell? I'll just, uh, you know, if you can use your Jewiness for good, then it's totally worth it. But, you know, it was the same thing again. He goes, I don't know. You know, you might have you might have you had the virus. This could be an after effect or you got a different kind of virus 
and you just got to play it through. It's just got to you know run its course. I mean, there's really nothing I can do. There's nothing he can do. I mean, I know it was a virtual visit, but I don't know what other tests he can do. I mean, he said, you know, maybe if a week it's still going on or two weeks, you know, give me a call and I guess they'll do some sort of scan or something. But right now there's nothing I could do. I felt pretty good yesterday. Today I was dizzy again. I felt good Friday and Saturday and today was dizzy again. Now, meanwhile, I did go out the day and stressed myself out a little with that bike. Maybe that has something to do with it. I'm not dreadfully dizzy like I was last Sunday, but um, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know. I do not know what's happening, but it's something. What I need to do, I'll tell you what would calm me down is if I just get that antibody test and it just comes back positive. I'm like, all right, now this makes sense because then everything would be like, all right, so it's definitely an after effect. Then you know where you are, you know. I'm sure everybody would like to, if they didn't have symptoms or if they had small symptoms, like to know if they had it, and then you can move on. So I don't know why I'm not going. I should probably just go. I think my neighbor told me they were going to have a better thing of testing, but then my friend Victoria told me that New York apparently has very, very accurate testing. So I think I just got to go do it. Probably should have just done it today. Clearly, it doesn't matter if I go there on a, uh, uh, on a weekday than a weekend because uh, if a doctor doesn't know how to read an AKG on a Tuesday, then obviously everybody's a fucking moron there. And if they don't know how to prick your finger on a Saturday, then they're morons anyway. Morons. You know, morons. Socrates, Plato, morons. So that is that news. I told you I would let you know what was happening, and that is what was happening. Also, um, Alina was kind enough to drop off scrubs today. So she said, I got you the extra large. And I'm like, all right. Uh, I don't know how good they're going to look on me, but oh, they're dark blue. They're not dark. They're not light blue. They're dark blue, which might be a, a little better, actually, because maybe they'll think I'm like, you know, maybe it'll be like the Enterprise, you know, like, uh, you know, if I'm wearing the, you know, maybe they'll think I'm the chief surgeon with the dark blue. If I figure I wear that in the mask, I should be getting free coffee all over town. And people say, but Dave, that's horrible. You're not. I'm like, don't. Hey. I need it just as much as anybody else. And if I can get free coffee out of an organization like Starbucks, well, then screw them or McDonald's. I think that, you know what, if it's a mom and pop store like the one next door, then all right, I feel a little bad. But uh, hey, I should have been getting these scrubs a long time ago. You know how many girls I'm going to meet with these scubs? It's going to be amazing, you know, until they come to the house and they're like, I thought you'd be more rich. Uh, well, you know, I'm just starting out. They're pretty old to be starting out. Yeah, well, I just, just shut up. Actually, I'm feeling kind of sick. Can you tell me if I am like, I, this is unraveling by the minute. My doorman told me the funniest story yesterday. Oh, I guess I told him about the escort. And then he told me when, you know, in the 80s when we were younger, me and my friend, his name was, uh, his name was Larry, Larry something. Or he was a Jewish guy. And we used to go to the escort downtown. They had a, I'm doing a horrible accent, but. You know, he's Spanish. And uh, we go to the escort service down, like around Chinatown, you know, and it was beautiful, beautiful girls. He just goes, it was nice and clean. It was amazing, you know. Um, I don't know if it was an escort or massage, whatever it was. Well, no, it must have been an escort service because the story goes that his friend, his Jewish friend, Lawrence or Larry, uh, had such a huge cock that the girls wouldn't, have sex with him for pay. They're like, no, 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 I cannot do that. No, no, like in a uh, full metal jacket. No, no, too big. We'll pay you extra. Okay. But no, there was no okay. Even if you paid extra, he was like, they were like not taking it. It was too huge. 
And I'm like, you saw his car? He's like, yeah, you know, we all used to whatever, whatever. I'm like, I believe him. When you, sometimes when somebody's cock is that huge, you, you kind of have to see it, whether you're a boy or a girl, right? I mean, you're just out of curiosity. But apparently it was so mythically proportioned huge that he married this woman and she left him because his cock was so huge she had to keep going to the hospital every time they had sex. This is the story he told me. <laughs> and then he killed himself. And they all say he had money issues, he had this kind of stuff, but he says, no, nah, we know what it was. His cock was too huge and he just, you know, no woman would sleep. I mean, can you imagine? Whenever you think you have those kind of problems, think of this guy. If your cock is too huge, it could be problematic. I mean, how about that story? I thought you'd like a story like that. It's kind of fascinating. He, had, he actually had to kill himself. He couldn't take it anymore because of his huge cock. That Now, that is a story. And, uh, you know, whether... I mean, I believe it because I want to believe it. I mean, I feel bad for the guy. But, you know, that's the best part. Is It's like that Cheers episode where they're like, well... He died, they say, of a heart attack, but we all know it was mother's love that killed him or something because this woman was so good at sex or something. She was a new bartender, and then like, by accident, she thought Sam was in love with her, and he was just trying to date her daughter. Remember that one? Because we've talked about it before in the podcast. I'm not going to bring it up again. Anyway, how you doing? Let's see what else we got today. Um, oh, yeah, I had to buy uh, – I decided to get a multivitamin. So I bought uh, Centrum Silver, uh, Centrum, you know, the multivitamin for people over 50. It was very sad. Um, and it's on my counter. And every time I see it, I'm like, well, I got to hide that, you know, when the ladies come over. <laughs> because seriously, that's like the first thing that says, oh, my, how old are you? I'm like, don't worry about it. I mean, I never lie about my age, but I'm just saying it's just like, you know, you got that. You got all your pills. Uh, you know, that's, you know, it doesn't need, you don't need to. I mean, I'm, and nobody's coming over. Well, that's out, but that's where you see the Centrum Silver. You just get depressed. When I started taking a multivitamin, meanwhile, I'm throwing out these multivitamins. They're chewable. They're disgusting. They're like chalk and gross and huge, and they're horrible. I, I thought they were gummy. When they said chewable, I assumed it was gummy. Um, I don't mind taking the $15 hit and throwing these out. They're absolutely awful. So I think I'm just going to you know, forget about that and go with the gummies because then I hate taking it every day. And uh, they're gross, or just a regular pill, you know. I thought it was a good idea after all this time to take a multivitamin. I don't know what's going on. How can you go wrong with that? Getting a little vitamin C or D or whatever the hell you need. I don't, I don't, I don't think it could be bad. I mean, I've talked to my doctor about that before. He goes, yeah, take the multivitamin. I just didn't know what to get because they got like a 100 other things. You know, it used to be you get a one-a-day vitamin. When I was a kid, We used to, my mother used to make us take that and a vitamin C, which technically, why would you have to take both? Because they're both involved. But this is what we used to take. And now there's like so many different kinds. They get it with extra zinc or extra iron. I don't know. So I just got the one that said over 50. It seems to have everything. Because how do I know if I need zinc? Who needs zinc? What the hell's the matter with these people? I, it was really a tough choice. Plus, you know, you're just sitting there for like an hour. People are going by. They, you know, they don't want to step by. You don't have time to sit at the grocery store or drugstore anymore and, and, and look at stuff. Because people want to pass by and they're afraid to pass by. That's a nightmare, this whole thing. I tell you, I wish I had a huge cock sometime. I just put myself out of my misery. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, also, um, I was talking to my friend Lawrence uh, the other day. He's been reading the Woody Allen biography, which now I might be very interested to read, but he's been kind of telling me everything I need to know, which is uh, interesting. You know our favorite movie, Hannah and Her Sisters, with the great Michael Caine, but he told me who Woody wanted for that role before Michael Caine, but he was deciding between another movie. And when he told me, and, you know, it's one of those things, I'm like, no, 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 I can't picture anybody but Michael Caine that role. I'm like, oh, my God, that would have been great. It was Jack Nicholson. He would have been perfect in that role. I feel as if I'm walking on air. Um, I was just wondering how you felt about me. Um, I I just think that would have been a really good choice because he was three years off. That was in '86, so it was three years off terms of endearment. So he was used to playing. You know, he could play another good supporting role like that. He would have been terrific. I mean, Michael Caine was great. You can't put his wife, but he instead he did Pritzi's Honor, and. uh I don't know whether that's the better choice, but I guess he wanted to work with John Houston too. You really can't, couldn't have lost. You were either going to, well, I mean, he's the lead in that one or the supporting lead in the other one. So hard to make a decision, but they never worked together again. And that would have been an interesting pair up, you know, but you work with John Houston, the legendary John Houston, or you work with Woody Allen. He probably was like, oh, I got time to work with Woody Allen. John Houston's probably going to die. I think that was his last film. And he was working with Angelica Houston, who was his girlfriend and the daughter of John Houston. That does seem like I didn't care for that movie, but I can see where you have to do that one. But uh, then it's kind of funny because then Woody works with Angelica Houston multiple times. In fact, he even used Jack and Angelica in 1977 in Annie Hall when Paul Simon says, we're just going to meet Jack and Angelica at the Pierre and just, you know, mellow, it could be mellow and stuff, just going to mellow time. So that would have been a very interesting uh, pairing. Jack Nicholson and Hannah and her sisters, that would have been kind of cool. Uh, here's another thing, too, and I'm obviously just jumping around to everything because I'm just trying to write stuff down because, you know, nothing's been happening. I can't really tell you about my week since nobody has a week. Well, I guess other people do. They seem to be, like I say, driving around and everything. I really want to uh, just so jealous. People are flying. August in California. I mean, I, people are flying and stuff. They're doing normal stuff. I, I, don't, I just don't understand it. I just I got to get out of. You know, like uh, of Midtown. I haven't been anywhere. It's horrible. Anyway, I was thinking about live Instagrams. Now, listen to this and tell me if you've ever had this issue. You get the notification that somebody's doing a live Instagram. Now, you have to realize who it is. Because the worst thing you can do is go on the live Instagram. You're the third person. They're totally going to know who you are. And then you can't get out. Oh, it's Dave Jessica. Oh, hi, Dave. You don't want people to notice you. The best thing to be is to be anonymous so you can jump out in case you want to, right? Because most Instagram live feeds are very boring. So like today, I saw a live feed with uh, my friend Colin, and I'm like, let me wait 10 minutes so I'm not the first person in there. And I went in. I was the – there were 20 people there. Still not enough. And he said hi. And then he's like, well, I got two more songs. And I'm like, all right. And I generally just wanted to see what he was doing. And I wasn't sure what it was. And I, not that he was bad or anything. It's just, you know, I just, I, I wanted to take a nap. So I was just done. I just wanted to see what was going on. But then I couldn't leave because he acknowledged me. And I just had to leave it. And then I got lucky. Instagram ran, the timing on Instagram ran out. So <laughs> I got lucky. He's like, come, come see me on Facebook Live, Facebook. And then it just cut out. I'm like, oh, got it. That one. Um, my old girlfriend Carrie was on the other day, 
And I'm like, all right, now she can't have that many people, so I got to be careful. But I was dying to see what she was doing, and she's so pretty, and I was just dying to see what she was doing. And I go on, there's, I'm the third person in, but fortunately she's like giving a yoga class, so she doesn't even see I was there, and I left immediately. I, you got to be really careful with these live things. You don't want to get stuck somewhere where you have to stay, because they're going to see when you're off, I think. I've never done a live one, so I don't know how it works, but I guess they can see everything. But boy, there's a lot of pressure on going on if you're only going to be the third or fourth person there, you know? I've done that multiple times. I've definitely learned my lesson. So I try and wait like 10 or 15 minutes to see if it'll weed out. But if somebody, I guess, isn't popular, they still have like 20 people there. And it's just not, you know, you pop in and then you're like, oh, hey, Jessica. And then, you know, I wave and I say hello. But, I, you know, I don't want people. It's like it's like the Zoom thing all over again. I try and prep myself. I will get my hair. No, they can't see me. But I keep getting nervous that they can for some reason. You know, I start to get up tight. I'm like, can they see me? Should I put on pants? No. This girl who's accusing Joe Biden. Uh, when I was on the Comedy Cellar uh, show the other day, I was saying, what a disaster. This is bad timing. And I think people took it the wrong way in the sense, you know, as sexist as it sounds, I guess, um, who, you know, I, I, I just, you know, I mean, this woman's come out of the woodwork. You don't want to be like that. Uh and it's just funny that her name is Tara Reed, and Tara Reed's so pretty, the actress, and this woman is not. Uh, yeah, that's right. I said it. I'm sorry. But, um, well, she's pissing me off, so I, you know, I'm making fun of her looks, I guess. But I get it. I get it. I know you're not going to say any of this stuff. But here's the problem. Um, she's asking Biden to take himself out of the race. We should all be very angry at this woman. Now, we don't know exactly what happened. Of course, it's a he said, she said, and you're always going to take the woman's side, which, of course, is a disaster in itself of the way these things are working. There's many people we don't even need to take a man's side because we know uh, what's happening, you know, like uh, Harvey Weinstein or Bill Cosby. We we know those guys are douchebags. We know they did bad. Uh, somebody like Woody Allen, he said, she said, we're not positive. Um, but. This girl, we we don't know what happened. We know what happened like 30 years ago. Uh, it is a little weird to come out. Like, why not come out when he was vice president or something? But, you know, people weren't doing that back then. I get it. But again, then why wait until he was the candidate? You know, why not do it sooner? But again, all that could be. But then, you know, why bring it up now when we're in this pandemic and everything's such a mess? You know, uh, is it really necessary to bring up now? She's living her own life. Okay, this all sounds horrible. But here's the point. If he pulls out, then Trump just runs unopposed. This makes this woman the worst person on the planet. On the planet. This woman is trying to be the most hated person ever. I can't imagine that there is a woman in this country, at least, that's saying, yeah, he should resign. No, this is all we got to at least have a battle. I mean, we're pretty all sure Trump's probably going to win again anyway which is crazy since he's handled this so poorly. Uh, but, you know, if I keep getting the checks, I'm like, hey, is Trump's all right? You know, I mean, who, who, whatever, right? But uh, the point is he's ha- he clearly handled this bad. He's worried about his ratings. He's worried about his war with Jimmy Kimmel. He's worried about everything but the virus at hand. And we all know this could have been stopped if he didn't stop, uh, you know, take down the funding for this 
that was supposed to stop this. All this stuff, we know this already. The injecting, the Lysol, I mean, he's obviously insane and he needs to be replaced. So this woman is saying, take out the one guy where we can maybe have, uh, the United States can be semi-normal again to the rest of the world. And for us and all that kind of stuff, we can have like a normal guy. I mean, I didn't want a normal guy in the office. I wanted this four-year experiment. I'm happy this happened. But now it's enough. So she's saying, Let, let's just have Trump run out of post. You'd prefer to have everybody take your side and deny this guy what it maybe if he did do something, but it clearly wasn't that bad. And he he's had this service for all these years. And you'd rather Trump be president again, which I'm sure she's not a Trump supporter. I mean, if she is, then this makes perfect sense. But I can't imagine that a woman coming out against a man is a Trump supporter. I don't think they have that. But you'd rather have nobody run? That's what you'd prefer? I can't even imagine that a woman who would take her side would be okay with that. It was in the paper the other day. She wants him to resign or whatever you call it, uh, withdrawing your you know, your election thing, whatever. That's not the answer. I mean, he can at this point. At this point... Uh, I think a woman could come up and say, yeah, he, well, all right, if she actually said he raped me, they're going to need major proof because you got to have somebody. So unless they get another candidate really quickly, sorry, Tara Reid, that's the stupidest suggestion that there is. You know, take it up with him after he's the president or after he runs. Then you can take it up. You can bring him on all the charges you want. But Jesus Christ, we got to at least make it a, uh, a, we got to make an attempt to have an election of of some sort of fairness. I mean, that you're talking about insane this year, and then the, and then he ends up running unopposed. I almost want it to happen because, man, nobody could have foreseen this. It is amazing. I'm like smiling as I say this, just because it's like this is so exciting and entertaining. That when you when you're teaching all this stuff, when you're learning all this stuff in elementary school and junior high, you can throw all that shit out the window because now we are living history in the making. If he runs unopposed, can you even imagine? I mean, this is great stuff. Is he going to ruin the country? Is everything going to go? Is it snowing in May? Oh, maybe. But, boy, you got to love living in this time period because this is fucking awesome. We will, you know, kids 30, 40 years and I'll be reading about this and they'll be like, well, I wasn't living back then. (laughs) No, no, you got it all backwards. It was a very exciting time. There was lots to do. Girls were really pretty. TV was excellent. Music was very, well, it wasn't great, but it was at least easy to get. What do you mean? Well, you could get any song you ever that's ever been recorded, you could listen to in a moment's notice. You could watch any TV show or movie ever made. I know I always talk about this all the time, but we have to keep remembering that. This is fun. Meanwhile, I just heard, and you know, I'd been planning on probably voting for Biden. You know, unless that stimulus check is just ridiculous. Unless I go on unemployment, they're giving me a thousand dollars a week. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of I'm sure a lot of people are thinking that way. Well, I don't know. He did give me all this money. I don't know. You know, this is what this is what people like. This is this is how you win. But you know, if you're smart, right? 
I mean, this is just insane. Stuff he does every day. You know, we need a leader. We need somebody who's going to say, yeah, this is messed up. You can look to me for guidance. Anyway, it's still hilarious as long as you don't know somebody that's died, which I do. But uh, anyway, um, the point. Oh, so Biden said uh, if he was elected, he was going to start talks with Palestine again and tell Israel to lay off Palestine. And then I was like, oh, you know what? You just lost my vote. Screw Palestine. What the hell's the matter with you? Why would you do that? Palestine stinks. Keep them where they are. And keep shutting them out. They're horrible and they're terrorists. Hello? They had a terrorist for a leader. Although the other country's probably saying that about Trump in a way. Probably saying it. It's not true. But I mean, you know, they had that, you know, that's why Giuliani was like, he snubbed them. He's like, I'm not being friends with this. What are you talking about? Yasser, are you kidding me? He wants to get the Palestine Liberation Organization together again. Are you kidding? Remember, who was that? Vanessa Redgrave said that at the thing, and then uh, they made fun of it on Saturday Live. We played the clip. Screw that. Screw that organization. They hate Jews. They hate Israel. Not interested. So I don't know. Now I'm stuck on this Biden thing. I'm very confused. Very confused. But again, therein lies the pickle and the fun of the freedom to vote whichever way you'd like. You got to love this country. Now, um, every week at the end of the show, I talk about Access Television and how they have been airing this show from 20 years ago called Classic Albums. I heard from my friend David Elliott, who you might know from uh, his cabana down the beach since we've done, have we done two episodes there or just one? I can't remember. But uh, how much fun is that? And, you know, I certainly talk about him all the time during the summer, a normal summer, because that's the best. I mean, because it gives me a summer. It's exciting going to that cabana. It's exciting being at the beach. And it's the only way Dave Juskamp can go to the beach because Dave Juskamp burns. Um, so he was telling me, you know, he was like excited that I was telling him about it because he was uh, recording the one about the Grateful Dead. And oh, crap. No, I can't remember the album they were doing. Oh, he's going to kill me. Um. Sorry, Dave. I, um, American Beauty. Woo! Uh, and it's a classic album. It's got trucking on it and um, broke down. Pound. Now, I don't care for the dead in any way, shape, or form. It's not my cup of tea, and Dave knows this, and he gets angry about it, but what are you going to do? I don't care. I don't care or understand why people love the dead or why they, quite frankly, like Bruce Springsteen. I don't. I just don't get it. Do I care if they what they like? I mean, it's almost like they're all Yankee fans and they get mad if I have an opinion. This is just like talking to Sarah Silverman about, well, Trump has some interesting, shut the fuck up! If I say, well, you know, I don't really care for the grateful, what did you say? What did you just call my mother? Or Springsteen, you know, you can't have a conversation with these people. It's just like being a Yankee fan. So whatever. It's like a religion. I mean, it really is. You might as well be making fun of somebody's religion. Now, Dave worships the Grateful Dead, so... We know this because he knows everything about them. I mean, he, I mean, it's, it, you know, his knowledge of the dead, I actually enjoy. Well, we, uh, Rachel and I were talking about when we like somebody who has extensive knowledge about something we don't know about. So when you're talking about wine or you're talking about if you have a knowledge of beer or even if you have a knowledge of weed or, or something or, you know, it, and you can explain it in a cohesive way, then I enjoy the conversation. 
And Dave knows everything about the dead. And so I enjoy hearing him talk about it sometimes, uh, you know, because I don't know that much. And quite frankly, I watched the classic album episode about American Beauty, and it was great. I still don't like the dead, but I really enjoyed the uh, the hour-long special on the making of the album and a little brief history of the dead. They had a lot of video footage. You know, I'm obviously into that lately. And, you know, I don't like the uh, classic albums where the person's dead, where they don't have the person who made the album. I haven't been enjoying those as much. I saw a Jimi Hendrix one. Um, again, I can't remember that album. Um, but, you know, I don't like where they're dead. I told you I didn't like the John Lennon one. Where the people are alive is the most exciting. That's why the Fleetwood Mac one was excellent. Everybody was there. When when they get everybody, you know, when they get Peter Gabriel or whoever, when the person is there and running the the tracks, um, the board and showing you here's what we did. That I like. That's that's who I want to hear talk about the album. I mean, they had the other guys from the Dead, just not Jerry Garcia. So it's not that big. I mean, they had Phil Phil Lesh and Bob Weir, um, talk about it. But you know, I just I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I've never been to a Dead concert. I've heard if I. I guess did some acid and went to a dead concert. It would change me. And I get that too. I see what they're saying. Like, I mean, if you're on acid and you're at the dead and, you know, you understand the music and the way it goes and the way he was, the way he was in, uh, you know, film footage talking about how it connects with the audience. I, I understand that. Um, having done acid before that, you know, you get it. That's, that's why it's kind of important to try once or twice to, you know, see how the mind can go to all these different places. It is kind of fascinating. But again, uh, you know, it's funny for me because I'm just not a dead guy. I prefer this. I can't help it, you know. I like. I, 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 I have a feeling if you like the Ramones, you, you probably don't like the Dead. I, I I don't think there's a correlation. I liked. I mean, at the time when I was young, you know, just fast moving, rocking with a tiny bit of melodies. And I mean, these are just tiny bit of melodies. Just like you know. I mean, just works for me. Even when they take around the classics. And he just goes. That's not, you know, I mean, again, it's not, um, you know, it's just a matter of choice. I mean, I just, I, <laughs> I like this better. So how can I like the dead? They're just too slow and I just don't get it. And they just seem like their songs go nowhere. But I guarantee you that um, 
the dead people think the same of this. Probably. But it's funny. When I think about it now, I uh, went to see the Ramones like three or four times live, just like somebody would go see the dead and there were probably more, but... I just love them. I don't know. And I wasn't, you know, and I still, again, you know, what was I, 22, 21, maybe 20. And I still felt like an old man there because I just, I just don't fit in anywhere. That's the problem. But, uh, but anyway, I respected the uh, documentary, David. <laughs> don't be mad. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm glad I only watched it for you, Dave. Uh, so I, so we could talk about it a little bit, which um, I meant to call you today and, and let you know that I saw it. Because it was really good, and it was very interesting. And that's why I watched a little of the Jimi Hendrix one, because, again, even though he doesn't interest me, um, I was curious. Uh, you know, I, I put them on sometimes for five minutes just to take a look, and it was very interesting, and the way they were talking about, like, like there was a guy in there who was very inter- very interesting, and um, sometimes I hate using that interesting thing, um, one of the band members, I, I don't know them by name, and he was in there and he was like, you know, there was a bunch of guys in his band that were just, you know, taking it pretty serious. Even though I'm sure they were all drugged up a little, but he was taking it serious. They go in the studio, uh, six o'clock in the afternoon, and Hendrix doesn't show up till three in the morning. And so the guy's pissed and he's like, this stinks. We started three in the morning. We're just sitting here all day. It doesn't matter. We got to wait for him because, you know, we can't do it without him. Um, and it's funny because it reminds me of <laughs> what we used to do Artie's podcast, Artie Lang. And I used to go over his house and get there at 9 p.m. and wait until he woke up or wherever the fuck he was until 3 in the morning to do the podcast. And it was really annoying. So I can understand if you want to get down to business and you want to work and, you know, just hanging around for six hours really will drain your creativity in a really, really bad, easy way. So that kind of blows. But, um, you know, all these things are pretty good. And the one that I saw that I was really looking forward to was the Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Elton John album. I always forget sometimes that it is a double album. And that's amazing. And then, you know, there's just not that many good double albums. You know, when they were making double albums, and it was kind of fascinating that there was a period of time where they were just making double albums, and you have to have a lot of balls to put out a double album. I mean, you better be good. Obviously, Dylan put out like a classic, which is where where I think he put out the first. And that's when everybody kind of followed, I believe. That's when the Beatles put out the White Album, and which I didn't even know was a double album. I'm so stupid. <laughs> and I didn't know The Clash London Calling was a double album. I just found that out when I was looking up double albums. I don't think I knew Pink Floyd, The Wall, or Quadrophenia was a double album. I don't know why I told you I was stupid when I was growing up. I didn't understand this stuff, which is why I'm still fascinated about it now. But I always like this Goodbye Yellow Brick Road album. Like, you know, sometimes I just, like, look over what's happening. And I I didn't have this album. I was still too young, I remember, because we did Goodbye Yellow Brick Road in, like, elementary school as a song, I think, to say goodbye to the sixth graders when we were in fifth grade or something. (laughs) That was, like, the popular song. But when I grew up and I got into high school, Lawrence lent me this album, and I was fascinated by how many songs were amazing. But then when I was watching this documentary, I was fascinated by how many songs I knew, which I didn't know the names of, which has happened multiple times. And what an interesting way to open an album, too, just like with, uh, you know, a heavy instrumental. But why wouldn't you open a, a, t- a double album, like with something crazy like this, you know, but then it picks up. 
so trippy and awesome. It's very not Elton-y. But I remember I couldn't believe this was Elton John. Like, I, I just didn't know that much about him. And I really, like, enjoyed this first song. And I can't believe where it goes after, you know. This, uh, yeah, that's the funny thing. You know all these songs. You just don't know they're all on one album. I mean, I can't stand this song. And quite frankly, I think he hates this song, too. I hate that song so much. I mean, it's just, it's just overdone. It's over, right? So you hate that one. But of course, you know this one. kind of exciting hearing them talk about how they made this and how they made it seem like a live song even though it wasn't and you know Elton's on it talking about it so is Bernie Taupin so that's what makes it kind of special and then I mean this has always been like one of my favorite songs it's so sad but it's so melodic He's like, he was saying he was very mad at himself that he made it such a high, some of these high notes because he can't do it anymore. <laughs> He's like, I don't know what I was thinking. I think I only hit it once that uh, during the studio one. <laughs> but here's one that I had no idea. Uh, you know, I don't, it's called, I just, I know it, but I didn't know the name of it. I heard it a hundred times. Just didn't know the name of it. <laughs> I heard it a hundred times. Had no idea it was also on this album. It's called Gray Seal. Did you guys know? Probably you did. And this one, I would never have guessed. It's called The Ballad of Danny Bailey. Never, never even heard the name of the song until this documentary. And then, of course, I've heard, I've heard it a hundred times. When it gets to the chorus, then I know it. Fascinated with it. Of course, this is one of the greatest riffs in rock and roll history. 
the guy was playing it, you know, like live. I mean, the guy who did the riff was, was way cool hearing him just doing it acoustically. And this one, I, again, had no idea this is what it was called. Again, heard it a hundred times, didn't know it was called Harmony. I'm an idiot. I would never have known it until it gets to the chorus. Am I the only man you ever had? Am I just the last surviving friend? I actually thought this was like released in the 90s. I'm an idiot. What an amazing album, right? All those hits on one, well, there better be. You're going to put out a double album. That's a solid double album. And of course, that brings me to my favorite scene in all of movie history. Dinner, nine, seven, double, five. Mom, it's me. I know who you are. Well, I've got something to tell you. Reggie, we're going to miss the bit of the show with you on. Look, shut, shut up, Mum. Not on telly yet, am I? I'm talking to you. I... Me and John, we... Well, the thing is... I'm... a homosexual. <laughs> My... <laughs> Apparently, he's very gay, Elton John, which, of course, I did not know until that movie came out. And my friend Lee sends me that uh, meme almost on a daily basis. Who knew? I mean, I never would have guessed. I mean, he really seems like a lovely guy. <laughs> oh, I'm so hilarious. It's It's really funny. I don't know how it became so funny. It just it just comes naturally to me. I can't I can't help it. I you know, it's just it's just who I am, you know. It's just <laughs> Are you having a good time? Have you had enough to eat? Are you ready? Are you done? Because I don't know. Now what, right? I mean now what? Now we're in two months into this uh hibernation. I I'm going on my second year of my new life. You know, it's been it's a, it's a year. Uh May 10th. So when this comes out, yeah. 1 year since I was fired from a lifetime of employment which I I really still feel I deserve to retire. Can you do 30 years of service? You're supposed to just live your life. I guess I should have saved some money or something, right? But I mean, what fun is that? I mean, the only thing you can get out of that is calling your mother on the phone. I mean, should I just call my mom on the phone? Mom, I'm a homosexual. <laughs> oh, well, that's a good way to get rid of my mom so we don't have to worry about her anymore. That should pretty much do it. Yeah, one would think in this day and age that would probably be okay, but I'm going to say no. I mean, what are we doing now, right? We're in lockdown two months. What's the future coming? When are we getting out? 
What are we all going to do? It's been a year since I was fired for no good reason, damn it. I'm still angry. The good news is lots of people, including the managing partner, did have really bad cases of the coronavirus. And a lot of them probably thought that it was my will and determination that gave it to them. I understand that because, I mean, what have I done in this year? I've except try and pick myself up, dust myself off, and start a new life for myself, only to be denied once again by the same God that would never let Moses enter the promised land. This, this God of yours, I question his allegiance to all who bowed down to him. But I do trust the system. As John Amos says in Coming to America, this is America, Jack. We're all very different people. We're not Spartans. We're Americans, with a capital A. You know what that means. That means that our forefathers were kicked out of every decent country in the world. We are the wretched refuse. We're the underdog. We're mutts. But there's no animal that's more faithful, that's more loyal, more lovable than the muck, than the mutt. Now check it out. My nose is cold. But here we are soldiering through one of the greatest tragedies in American and world history. We're going to get through it no matter who our leader is. I mean, we've been kicking ass for over 200 years. We're 12 and 2. All we have to do is to be the great American fighting machine that is inside each and every one of us and make me and the rest of our Nightfly community proud. So when you go to your local voting booth this fall, you say, Hell yeah, I'm fed up. But I believe in this country, and we've got what it takes to go the distance. And when I see you on the other side, I'm going to buy you a drink and shake your hand like before the virus. And as they say in the movie, Ted, we're Corona buddies for life. And fuck you, Corona. You're just God's farts. Well, that's our show for today. (laughs) Isn't that fun? Did you see that coming? Again, have you had enough to eat? Have you gone to the bathroom? I'm going to play that from Broadway Danny Rose. I seem to do it every week now. Because it's exciting. I always have exciting news. Even a pandemic. you got to appreciate it. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed our rousing panel of one discussion. As I enter my second year of unemployment, or whatever this new start is, and we enter our second month of this lockdown, I just hope everyone, with a few exceptions, you know who you are, gets out of this okay. Remember, there's so much television to look forward to, and at some point, we'll see the new James Bond movie. I mean, it's finished already, so they'll have to let us see it sooner or later. (laughs) As for sports, let's hope they never return, and that I can find some form of B12 shot and get something accomplished. Maybe that mango from the Seinfeld episode. Although I'm assuming lots of us are feeling that way. Anyway, I hope everyone has a great week, and that somehow, some way, you are able to get outside and enjoy life, if only for a brief moment this week. Tweet or write me at DaveJustGotFans at gmail.com if you need to talk. I'm obviously always around. Happy International Hummus Day on Wednesday and National Mimosa Day on Saturday because remember, it's always 5 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> oh, no, you did. <sighs> uh, good night, everybody. It's Dave Juskow from the Night Fly. See you next week. <laughs>